Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? This is Kyrie Thompson bringing you a post Patriots Ravens instant reaction post. Obviously, saw the final score there. Ravens beat the Patriots 37 to 26 in a game that was closer than the final score indicated, and one that the Patriots absolutely could have won, but. I think as happened in the Miami game in, the, in that week one loss, you know, it's it's hard to, you, you don't always want to point to it the way Bill Belichick has and, you know, you make excuses, right? Oh, you know, play here, play there, would have decided the game, but a lot of ways that's exactly what it was. Um, the Patriots had two leads in this game and... In the end, I think that a lot of what... I mean, it came down to two things, largely. Uh, Well, well, perhaps maybe three things. Number one, the Patriots could not get Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense off the field when it mattered most. And in particular, there were were a couple of third downs there. Um, There were two third and goal situations where... They were holding their own on the goal line, and they defended those third and goal plays well. And, oh, Lamar Jackson, under duress, just throws it up to Mark Andrews on one of them and Devin DuVernay on the other. And his his playmakers just went up, made a play, scored touchdowns, and turned those trips into six points. And that's the kind of stuff that... You know, you, you force them off the field in those situations. I asked a bunch of Patriots defenders about it, and there was almost this, this collective sigh when when discussing it. Because they're just like, yeah, that, like that was it. You know, you force them off the field and turn those possessions from touchdowns into field goals, then your offense isn't under as much pressure to go down and score points. I mean, they were able to move the ball. I mean, the offense was moving the ball. They had chunk plays in this game. And, you know, maybe the outcome is different, but that's not how it happened. And some of it is just credit to Lamar Jackson. And, yeah, the Patriots will tell you that they should have made plays and that they should have a couple of times, you know, Matthew Judon, Josh Uche. They had their opportunities. Devon Godshaw talked to him after the game about it. They had their chances to get Lamar Jackson on the ground. They did sack him, I believe, four times in this game. I have to go back and look, but I think it was four times. Dietrich Wise Jr. had three of them. For a while there, I mean, he was the only guy who 
could get Lamar Jackson to the turf. I mean, he, he's been playing out of his mind these first three weeks of the season. It's been something else watching the way, and, and again, something I suspected might happen, that he was going to be a huge option on the edge opposite Matthew Judon, but I did not see him playing like this. I did not expect him to play this well. It has been just outstanding to watch. He was great. There just wasn't enough of it. They had they had their opportunities, but again, some of it is just credit to Lamar Jackson, man. I mean, you know what they say? That, hey, those guys get paid too? Well, Lamar Jackson is a dude that deserves to get paid a lot of money for what he does. And yeah, the statistics aren't always going to look super pretty. I believe he was 18 of 29 for... 208 yards, so it wasn't like he he lit up the stat sheet from a yardage standpoint, but again, four touchdown passes, okay, and they, they came in crucial situations, and they had chunk plays on the ground, Lamar had 107 yards on the ground, right, ripped off a 36-yard run, the, the, the Ravens, one of the other big points, right, so I mentioned that they couldn't get him off the field in those clutch situations, and then another big point, the Ravens adjusted in the second half, to run the football more with Lamar Jackson and really lean into that attack. And, yeah, I mean, it's one thing, right? Oh, like, well, yeah, watch out for Lamar running the football, right? The the Ravens haven't run the football very well to start this season. And they didn't really run the ball with Lamar Jackson that much in the first half. They were passing the ball a lot. There were a lot of dropbacks. So, and, and, and I mean, yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson ran a couple of times off of that. But in terms of designed runs, they hadn't been doing it as much to start the game. And they hadn't been doing it all that much to start the season relative to years past. They've been leaning on Lamar Jackson in the passing game. They went to him being a runner. And that opened up some big plays and some big running lanes for the Ravens. I and mean, Justice Hill had another one, like a 32-yard run. Um, so explosive plays on the ground, on the run, and just, I mean, when you watch Lamar Jackson play, he, he's just, you, you, you think you got him contained, and then he makes, you know, he like jogs out to his left or something like that, just effortlessly flicks it down the field. I don't, there have been all these knocks about him as a passer, and I feel like when you watch him in person, some of the throws that he's making, I just feel like I don't know how you could watch Lamar Jackson play football and say that he's a bad passer. Obviously, he did have a bad pass in this game, a pretty bad pass that got picked off by Jonathan Jones. But, I mean, sometimes that's just about a dude being a superstar, and he's going to make plays, and you just got to deal with it. You, you, you just got to gotta hold your own. But I think by and large, though, if it wasn't for that last thing that I want to talk about, the turnovers, if it wasn't for the turnovers, this outcome could have been different because the turnovers put the defense on the field more and put them in some tough spots that, I mean, sometimes they were able to get the Ravens off the field right away and then other times just on the field too much. I mean, it just kind of is what it is. It, it, it's tough. It's tough when, I mean, you've been playing as well as the Patriots have defensively and then you've, you've just got to be on the field even more against a dynamic team, a dynamic offense like this. It's, it's a tough way to win games. Um, Mac Jones had one, and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to go back to the All-22 and see 
that Mac Jones got screened off again, just like how he how it happened in Las Vegas, where he throws a horrible pick and everybody's like, dude, what are you looking at? I mean, just the groans in the press box when he throws that interception. It's just like the linebacker was right there. How can you not see him? So my, my working guess on that is that in, in my mind's eye, I can picture Mac Jones. This, it was an outside zone, like a stretch run, play action. He gets out there, and, and he, he comes back into the pocket. He takes a hitch forward, and I can see maybe that, that he, he knows Devontae Parker is there, but perhaps David Andrews is screening him off from seeing the linebacker that's there. So he thinks it's uncovered and throws it, and then, I mean, Josh Burns is just right there. Might have been one of the easiest picks of his career. I mean, wow, right? So I'll withhold some judgment on that, but at the same time, it's like Mac Jones. It's happened a couple of times. And then the second one is like a trust ball interception to Devontae Parker where, you know, you got it down in, in the red zone. I think it was, it was third down, and he gets a blitz, a corner blitz coming from his right side. He feels the pressure late throws it up to get it away from it and puts it up for Devontae Parker. It's 50-50 guy, right? And Devontae Parker wasn't looking for it at, at the point where uh, the throw got put up and it gets picked off. And that's another another just costly, costly turnover right there. Then he had another pick in garbage time, which didn't matter to the outcome of the game, but did matter in terms of his overall health because he gets rolled up on by Calais Campbell after letting that ball go to Kendrick Gordon you know, over his head. Not a good throw, but at this point, they're just, they're just trying to make a play, right? The, the outcome isn't looking very good. It, they're just trying to make a play. So I don't care about that one so much. But you look at you know him getting rolled up by Campbell on that play where he just falls full weight on Jones's ankle and it bends a kind of an awkward angle it looked extremely painful he immediately gets up screaming limps off the field in tremendous pain uh, later on in Rappaport of uh, NFL Network did report that the x-rays came back clean so at least for now it looks like there are no broken bones but there's probably going to be an MRI in Mac Jones's future and We'll see what that turns up because that could be a pretty nasty sprain. Either way, uh, there were a lot of questions in the Patriots locker room uh, post-game about how how do you feel, how's your confidence in Brian Hoyer if you, if, uh, you guys have to play uh, Brian Hoyer next week and have him run the offense. And, I mean, obviously, what are you going to say, right? Everybody's saying they have, they have confidence in Hoyer and uh, they're ready to ride with him. So I personally think that that's probably what you're going to see. Probably going to see Brian Hoyer. Um, and then also there was another, I mean, obviously Mac Jones has the three uh, interceptions. And then Nelson Aguilar, just uh, you know, tough one, where, where they were still in the game. They score a touchdown. Um, I can't remember if that point at that point if they would have been able to take the lead or not. I think they might have just been trying to work their way back into it because they were, they were down two scores, I think, at that point. I would, I would have to go. Actually, no, I think they, they were only down a score. Um, Nelson Aguilar, big play. Mac Jones fits it into a tight window, and Nelson Aguilar gets running down the field, and gets, and somebody comes in and pokes the ball out from Aguilar from behind. And 
Marcus Cooper ends up recovering it. I mean, that's tough. That's that's a tough play. Obviously, um, you know, talking to Nelson Aguilar after the game about it, you know, kind of in, in, in the scrum there, he was he was really upset with himself for that. Um, he was harping on ball security more generally, and Kendrick Bourne acknowledged that. I mean, he had a fumble of his own, though he recovered it at the end of the game there. Um, even though that was in garbage time, that really wouldn't have mattered if, if uh, they had lost the fumble, except to Kendrick Bourne, obviously. You know, you don't want to lose a fumble and have to be mad at yourself. Uh, but there's just a couple of plays here and there you can say that they, they were in this game against a team that most people, I think, assumed were, you know, were going to win. An explosive offense. A defense that you know, you thought that maybe you could you could have a little bit, and they did. Best offensive output of the season. I think Mac Jones finished with 323 passing yards, and you know, there were a lot of explosive plays. Devontae Parker, we haven't even talked about him yet. Devontae Parker, 156 yards receiving in this game, just three off his career high, and he did it on five catches. Every one of Devontae Parker's catches in this game went for more than 20 yards. It was explosive play after explosive play big stuff especially when you didn't have Jacoby Myers that I was looking for somebody to step up you thought that maybe it was going to be Nelson Aguilar after the week that he had and then look at that you got you got two straight weeks of 100 yard games from Patriots receivers that that's good that's progress if you want to gauge like my my impression of what just happened and I somewhat agree with Devon Godshaw about this uh, I, I talked to him after the game, and, and he said, I actually kind of feel better about, paraphrasing what Gotcha said, that he said he kind of feels better about going one and two this year as opposed to last year. Because last year it felt like they, especially when you look at week three of last season against New Orleans Saints, that was an awful game for the Patriots. That was, that was bad all around. It's just poorly played, poorly coached, poorly executed, just all of it. This game, it, it felt like, okay, this is an explosive offense. Our offense has been struggling, and they played up to the level of competition, I think. And the offense took major strides forward in the run game, in the pass game. I mean, there were a couple of play calls that I really didn't like. I did not like the, the fourth and three uh, by, by Matt Patricia where they threw it short to Kendrick Bourne and it gets swallowed up right away. They tried to do some little cutesy motion uh, where, where he, he, he's catching it in motion, but I mean the tell is all over that play that Kendrick Bourne's getting the ball. The Ravens are a well-coached team. They just go up and stop it. It was easy. Then there was the, the two-point conversion that they tried to run where again, I, I don't know why you do this with Ramondre Stevenson. You have him on some weird short motion sort of play and try try to hit it up inside. But again, it's obvious because the Patriots don't use motion enough. So when you see a guy going in motion, there's probably a good chance that he's getting the ball or that, that he's important to the play somehow. They don't use it enough for misdirection purposes. So yeah, Ramondre Stevenson's going in, in like a short motion. The Patriots have run this play in the past. 
the, the Ravens go and swallow it up right away. And that was the play that almost resulted in an unbelievable two-point conversion where, where Stevenson knows he's not going to get it. And he laterals it back to Mac Jones, and Jones just squeezes his way into the end zone. It was an incredible play. But Stevenson's knee was down uh, before he got rid of the lateral. So obviously uh, couldn't, couldn't, have, couldn't have fun with that one because it didn't work out. And then there was also a pick play that tried to run for Damian Harris. Why are you running pick plays for Damian Harris on the goal line? Okay, especially after all that time you just spent throwing to Devontae Parker. Honestly, I would have been, I would have preferred a jump ball fade to Devontae Parker and have that get picked off or, or have that not work out than run a pick play for Damian Harris, who isn't really a particularly good pass catcher. And that throw almost got picked off because, again, right, you're, 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 you're setting it up. And I feel like the, the Ravens just knew it. It was a little bit too obvious. And these plays are almost getting jumped and taken back. That, that could have been an even worse day for Mac Jones and the offense. Fortunately, it wasn't because the Ravens didn't take advantage of those opportunities. But they took advantage of all the other ones that counted. The, the thing is, I would feel better about this loss as opposed I expected them to be one and two at this point. I did. I expected the Patriots to be one and two at this point. So so th- this outcome does not surprise me. It does not discourage me in terms of the overall outlook of the season on its face because I mean I still have them winning eight or nine games. That un- I mean that good feeling though as much as I think that it what they did today was encouraging on the whole especially in regards to the offense and them getting better. Mac Jones being hurt and potentially missing time, which I think he will miss time, that's a downer. Because at that point, okay, Brian Hoyer is going to come in and man the ship. Maybe you'll see Bailey Zappi at some point if it's bad enough with Hoyer. Um, Or, I don't know, if Hoyer gets hurt, obviously you'll see Zappi. But, I mean, this is just... uh, you know, if it weren't for that, I think I would feel better about where this where this is going, heading into Green Bay in Week Four, where again, I expect the Patriots to lose. I expect them to be one and three. There's a part of me that's like, well, they were one and three last year. They ended up just fine. I mean, that I think that's kind of where I still am with this. Not that I expect them to be a Super Bowl contender, but that they will be fine. That it doesn't have to be an abject disaster, but. Yeah, if Mac Jones is hurt, yeah, that kind of takes away a lot of the shine off of off of that. A lot of the, the moral victory sheen, so to speak, off of off of this loss. Well, we'll see how the week unfolds with Mac Jones and the Patriots. And I mean, obviously, you're you know, getting helped out in, in a way by the fact that the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, did drop a game. Miami's three and zero. I didn't see that one coming. I, I, I didn't. Maybe I, I think I underestimated them. Uh, we'll see if things catch up with them down the line. But uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. So you still got two teams ahead of you, pretty solidly. Um, and then the Jets. We'll see what happens with the Jets. Still don't think they're very good. So you're not. I don't know. You're you're not necessarily that far out of it yet in terms of the standings it's not over yet but I think that if you don't get into the middle part of the schedule and start eating against some of these worst teams then you're going to have a problem but one week at a time one one game at a time 
one week at a time, as they say, on to Green Bay, though I'm definitely going to be looking back at this game again tomorrow. Anyway, I'm Kyrie Thompson with First and Foxborough. Make sure you are downloading, subscribing, listening, streaming on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. I will catch you later.